welcome to the Farming on Purpose podcast. Today's challenges in agriculture are new, but the grit and determination required to be successful have been handed down for generations. On the Farming on Purpose podcast, we preserve the ag heritage and traditions we built our identity on while pursuing the American dream of multi-generation farms that innovate for the future. Listen along as we share stories of how farmers and ranchers are building legacies, both in their business and their character, for the sake of those they'll pass the reins to. I'm your host, Lexi Wright, and I'm excited to talk with you about the financial, generational, and production challenges facing producers in the ag industry today. This podcast is brought to you by Back Pocket Social Marketing. And yes, this is Lexi here. This podcast has been a real passion project for me. All the time that goes into interviewing guests, editing, and producing the show is sponsored by my freelance marketing agency. We specialize in website design, social media advertising, content creation and management, and email marketing. If you like to take a foundational approach to your marketing and figure out exactly what's working for you and what's not, and really focus on efficiency, then you would be a great candidate to work with us. You can reach out and talk with us more at Lexi at BackPocketSocial.com. We would love to help you solve your marketing challenges. Welcome back to the Farming on Purpose podcast. I am so excited to have Cheyenne Wilson, or as many of you may know her, the native cowgirl here today. Um, Cheyenne and I are very have been looking forward to talking together for a while now, and I'm glad we finally made it work in our schedules. Um, Cheyenne, thanks for being here. Do you want to take a second and introduce yourself? Tell us about all the things that you have going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. And yes, we kind of uh, ranch life, right? We always say, well, ranch life happens. That's just the way it goes. So yes, uh, my name is Cheyenne Glade Wilson, but Cheyenne Wilson, and I'm a fifth generation cattle rancher, uh, born and raised in Montana. I actually left Montana for quite a few years throughout my adulthood. And my husband and our son and I just recently moved back last fall um, to the homestead that his family started. And we raise commercial cattle and we actually now are going more towards um, raising our half draft, we breed half drafts. And so our herd is growing immensely. And that's, that's kind of where our energies have been focused along with many other things that I have going on. So yes, you have lots of irons in the fire. Um, it's easy to tell. Um, I checked out your website. I hadn't been on your website. I mostly connect with you on Facebook, I think. Um, but checking that out, I was like, Oh, wow, there's all kinds of things going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, we homeschool our son, but a new development for us, we've done that for almost the last five years. And of course, a lot of people with the pandemic and stuff started homeschooling. And it really worked for us because of the time freedom. And I just feel like our son has gotten the best growing up, you know, experience because he's here on the ranch with us. He's an only child and all of that. But with that said, um, we've discussed it as a family and he's going to be a freshman in high school next year. And so he's actually going to go to the school that his dad went to, his grandparents, his great grandparents. And it's a small little town here named Absorki. Um, and he will actually be going to school there. So we're pretty excited. And he's just getting into junior high rodeo and then high school rodeo will be right around the corner. Um, so we're doing that. Um, I also have irons in the fire because I'm a ranch realtor here in Montana. 
So it'll be kind of fun for me to have an office space, an actual place to go to work. Um, because when you work on the ranch, there's always things happening. And so it'll be, yeah, it'll be nice to just go to an office job. Like I say that, but it's kind of funny. And, and then I'm also a certified health coach and I've been on my own health journey. Um, I'm down 60 pounds and I have discovered this really awesome thing to where it's not a diet, like it's a lifestyle. And I'm going to be 50 in July. And that was really my goal is to get healthy, um, you know, be fit and be at the top of my game because aging is not a choice. It's actually an honor because not everybody gets that honor. Um, and so, you know, just to be able to not have, have my horses look at me and grumble when I come their way because they're like, oh my gosh, she's going to sit on me and hurt me. <laughs> but we raised half drafts for a reason. My husband and son are both very big guys, steer wrestlers, you know, that sort of thing. But the point is, is that we get one body, one life. And so I really wanted to kind of be my own guinea pig in the beginning. I had been on diet since I was 12 years old, and I just got really tired of the whole diet culture, um, losing and then regaining and having the whole mental you know, breakdown stuff that goes with that, the failure, feeling of failure, and then, you know, having success when you've lost weight, but then gaining it back. And so uh, that's really, really what I do. And it's all about eating real food, which us as ranchers, farmers, we all know what that is. Um, but really being aware of what's going on at the grocery store and when you're going out to eat and things like that, because there's a lot of sneaky things going on that we don't always know about if we don't pay attention. So that's just kind of a little bit about it. And then I've got the whole native cowgirl stuff too as well. Well, and I didn't know um, as much about your health journey, but that is so interesting. And I'm so glad you brought up the whole piece of like real food. The, the food that's coming off of the farms and ranches in our country is real food. It's safe. It's affordable. It's abundant. And then there's something that happens in between before it gets to our plate that we have to be much more aware of and considerate of than I think a lot of us are on a typical day to day basis. But yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely. The health journey piece is very um, eye opening to me. I mean, congratulations, 60 pounds down. That is not an easy feat. Um, it's such a roller coaster ride. And I think you kind of described that uh, trying to lose weight, especially as a woman, especially as a woman who, you know, has had many seasons in her life of being a mom, raising young kids and going through all of that. It's just it can be so discouraging. So that's super exciting. You are having so much success. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. And yeah, you know, when you grow up in a rodeo family, like I did, you know, you can't be a super heavy person and do well athletically, like tying goats, you're running down yeah. there on a horse as fast as you'll go and bailing off and trying to do well. And, um, you know, even like rough stock riders, you know, you have to be aware of your fitness. And then when you get into, you know, at, past adolescence, you're an adult and then middle age, everything starts to change, especially as a woman, but even for men. And, you know, I have tried a lot of different things over the years, but it was really not until I embarked on my health coaching certification that I learned a lot. And I also made a lot of mistakes along the way. I did a very extreme keto uh, sort of thing. And I actually ended up in the hospital over that. And so, um, you know, when you put the, the rancher cowgirl try on something, I don't, you know, I always go, my husband says, you go too hard. Like you just <laughs> go too fast. And I'm like, yes, I, I do that. But 
this was different. Um, this is something that I'm never going to have to do over um, because, um, and I'll just tell people, um, I combine intermittent fasting with a supplement that I take. And the supplement I take, I can't talk about it here because we have compliance standards, but it's something I've been doing for eight and a half years. So it's made in America, plant-based, very simple. However, there's a lot of things that we don't get right in this world. And it's because of when you go to the grocery store to check out, take a look at the aisle around you. It's full of what I call Franken food. Like it's not real. Like we don't need Snickers bars. And when I'm coaching my clients, because they get my health coaching for free when they use the supplement and it's the way that I help them have success. Um, we talk about real food. So to me, real food is something that grows in or on the earth. Um, it's something that walks, flies or swims on or in the earth. Like those are the things, right? And we shop the perimeter of the grocery store. We don't necessarily go down and I'm not vilifying grains or anything like that because I love bread as well. And I'm not going to not eat certain things. And I know people do the keto diet and they do the carnivore diet and they do all these crazy things. And the reality is, is I feel like we were created to um, live in abundance like we do, but also to make smart choices and work with our body, not against it. So your body doesn't know what diet Coke is. You know, it doesn't know what a Snickers bar is. And so 80-20 is the rule. Like try to eat real food 80% of the time, 20%. We all know life's going to happen. I love fries and tater tots just like anybody else. <laughs> and I like Twix bars. Like, hey, once in a while, I'm going to have those things. But if you can do an 80-20, the other thing is, is don't drink your calories. You know, that's something that we don't talk about. And we're all in line to get a $6 coffee. And then we complain about paying for a supplement. And it's like, okay, or that the price of meat or eggs is out of, out of line. And it's it's like, wait a minute here. I think we have things misplaced. You know, we really need to rethink that. Um, and so it's just utilizing that. And um, we really started with a whole um, health journey as of January 1. And just a handful of my clients collectively have lost over 350 pounds. And that's men and women combined. So it's not just me losing this weight and doing all this stuff. My success lies in the success of my clients. And so I love working with farm and ranch people because we're salt of the earth. We work hard every Every day. We know what real food is, but life comes in and it gets busy. And we don't always take the time that we should to focus on ourselves and our health. Mm -hmm. So that's just kind of where uh, my passion lies with this. And I had a guy just cuss me out today on LinkedIn and he's like, huh, why are you always, you always post pictures of your ranch life and you're a photographer and I love your horses and cows, but I don't want to hear about this. And I'm like, well, buddy, then don't follow me. But the reality is, is I'm not going to take fun, nice pictures if I'm not on this planet anymore. If my way of living and my health declines so much that I can't enjoy anything, what is it good about life anymore then? So I am going to talk about these things. And if you, you know, if you want to make a change, I'm here to help you. And if you don't, that's fine. Scroll along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So many people need to just keep on scrolling. Stop pausing and make that mean comment. Oh but, my gosh. Yes. Uh, we've been working, or I guess I should say I, um, pulling my family along tooth and nail, trying to make like more whole food decisions in our diet is very, it's a challenge. Once you get used to some of those grocery store items or some of the things that maybe you grew up eating, 
trying to shift your palate and your cooking and your meal planning and all of that is just a lot to take on. So it is and definitely something we need resources around. Well, it is and kudos to you for doing that because it is a big undertaking. And, you know, the thing about us human beings is we've turned into these instant gratification people. You know, we want to, we put on 50 pounds and we expect to lose 50 pounds in two weeks. And that's just not how it goes. And we expect to eat healthy just because it says it on the package, you know, and that, you know, like I always look at, you know, um, breakfast cereals for one, and we don't eat a lot of breakfast cereal. I would rather have bacon and eggs or steak and potatoes or real food. Like I try not to eat the processed stuff. We still eat greens. I love making homemade bread, um, but it does take focus. Um, and a lot of people say, well, I don't have time. Well, you want to make the time because what you're saying out loud is that you're not worth it. Like your body isn't worth you investing whatever time that you don't say you have, because you do, you're on your phone or you're watching TV at night or you're, you're spending that time elsewhere, but we're only allotted so much. And so it really is important to, to look at that. And, you know, you said earlier about being a woman, you know, we have a lot of irons in the fire and that is true. Like for me and my family, I control pretty much what we eat because I'm the grocery store shopper. Um, I'm the person, I'm not saying my husband doesn't cook because he does. And with intermittent fasting, I don't eat breakfast. Like, you know, so they do and, and he's diabetic. And so he worries about that, but he can still intermittent fast, just maybe not as tightly as I do. Um, but you know, he'll make breakfast for my son and him, you know, our son, it's, our son is growing up to see that men are capable of doing things as well to share duties in the kitchen and things like that. And I'm out there shoveling hay and feeding livestock and stuff too. And so that is a really great change. I think that I have seen uh, going along with this, but it's a partnership. And um, I do think that it is very, very important though, that we make better decisions about this and we know where our food comes from, you know, being a, a beef person, I know that just because it has a USA stamp on it doesn't mean that it is actually born, bred, raised all that in this country. And that's been a, a, a source of um, frustration for us ranchers for a very long time. The misinformation that's out there, um, just all of the, well, I said it, frankenfoods, like they're saying, oh, this is healthy for you, but you get to looking and you can go down a really big rabbit hole if you want. I don't, I'm not going to go down there. I still eat Doritos once in a while. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know there's dyes in there. I know all those things, but I, maybe I will go down that road eventually. But for now, I'm just trying to do the very best I can and help other people along the way. Yeah, so much of it is they're just around what your perspective is, kind of like you mentioned about where, like how you value your decisions and where you place that time and energy. And it's hard to make those shifts, but it also is so rewarding when you do and when you see your life shift because of those things so it it is and you know something that I can you know since you're farming and ranching and that's the whole source of your podcast and whatnot but uh, a saying that I have a lot for my coaching clients and really anyone in life whether you're raising livestock crops whatever think about this once so if you fail to plan you plan to fail and if you think about that, that goes along with your lifestyle, your eating, like everything. If you don't, if you live in the middle of nowhere, like I do, and you don't go to the grocery store, you're going to run out of food. Mm-hmm. Just like stocking up hay for your livestock for the winter. We're in Montana and it gets really cold and it's been a horrible winter here. We bought way more hay and made more hay than we thought we even needed. I remember my husband saying, oh my gosh, we got enough here for two years. Well, no, we're going to make it. But if we wouldn't have planned, 
And that even goes back to the pioneers. Like, look at them. They didn't have a grocery store to run to. So when on their yearly or biannual, you know, thing where they went to town, they got a wagon full of stuff and people would be like, whoa, that's a little extreme. But the reason for that is they were planning. They had to have success. They have nowhere to back up to. So, you know, when you're doing those things and I say, listen to your words carefully, because if you're saying you don't have time, that actually means you're not making time. You're not willing to do what it takes to make a healthier choice. And that's fine, but you have power. And when you say you can't do something, you give your power away. So we don't say can't in my family. (laughs) That's a good rule. I love the talking about and thinking about the history of our relationship with food, because it has not been that long that the great, like the mainstream grocery stores that we all rely heavily on now, like most of us would not know what to do without grocery stores and our restaurants. And that hasn't been a thing for that long. Like there are still many people alive who that was not a thing during their childhood or their young adult years. And it's kind of crazy to think about that. You're right. And I mean, think about the toilet paper shortage during the pandemic. I mean, what? Who would have known? It should have been food, right? But no, it was toilet paper. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually am getting into canning again and like not even just freezing foods. Like I want to actually can meats. And I grew up with that. And then even my mother got away from doing that. And my grandma didn't do it anymore because things were so readily available. Um, My my mom used to sew our clothes when I was little. And this is the truth today, though, I think she said, I can't even really go buy fabric and all the stuff it takes because because I can go buy a shirt for $15 at Walmart. And why, you know, like those Wrangler snap up shirts, my guys love them and they work great. But why do that when I can just go buy it cheaper? And that's sad that our society has come to that. But I think it's very important that people know where their food comes from, how to make their own food, how to process. Um, I have a friend in Minneapolis and they have a big, nice home. And when the pandemic happened, I remember a couple of months in, she was worried about food. She's like, well, we don't have food here. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have food there? Well, we don't buy meat in bulk. Like we don't. And I go, well, do you have a freezer? Well, yeah, it's on the top of my fridge. And I'm like, oh, my word. (laughs) Like we have three deep freezes, you know, like we 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 hunt. And so we you know, that's a really great source of of good protein. There is like elk, you know, venison whatever. And then our own beef that we raise, but we take it for granted. And I'm like, well, I have my choice of whatever I want, you know, but they don't, but she has since gotten smarter. I was like, you know, you can get a small freezer, buy a quarter of a beef or whatever, and have it there so that, you know, you, you have something. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, Some interesting. Kind of a backup plan. Well, right. Yeah. I love hearing all, all of your thoughts on that. Um, and like I said, it's not something I knew coming into this conversation really about. <laughs> so it's so fun to discover all of the little things that make us us when you talk to and meet new people. Absolutely. Um, I kind of first encountered you because of your writing that you do on the native cowgirl. And I, um, I believe I first, very first discovered you because a friend of mine, Rochelle Barrett, who I think has been on your podcast as well. Yeah. Um, she also does ranch writing. And I think it was like one of those things on Facebook where it's like, oh, you read Rochelle's writing. You might also like the native cow. Oh, oh, fun. Okay. I love those suggestions. I, I yeah. do. It, it's helped me discover so many like wonderful, amazing people that you wouldn't ever meet. Otherwise I'm in Kansas. So it's like, oh, wow. You know, I love getting to see through that lens, what your life is like and how things are different for you guys raising cattle and like you said, half drafts there versus like what we do here. It's just, 
amazing to see your perspective on everything. So I love that you share that there. How did you get started doing that? What drove you to do that? Well, yeah, um, I grew up in Terry, Montana, which is in southeastern. It's not far from Mile City, which is known from Lonesome Dove and the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale and all that. But um, I actually had a really strong English department growing up, like from grade school on through high school. And those women really encouraged me to write. And I just loved writing from an early age. Um, I have a tutor for my son during homeschool for algebra because I literally should be bald from pulling my hair out. I just it's not my thing. So writing is my thing. And then I also discovered photography at a really young age. And my parents got me my first real camera at 16. And so that's where my love of photography came in. But I always felt like the two went hand in hand, like with words, you can paint a visual picture. And I enjoy doing that. But I also love showing the beauty that's out in nature, like sunrises, sunsets, horses, cattle, wildlife, whatever. But writing, um, I became a published poet by accident at age 11. Um, they had a like a, I don't know, scholarly thing going through the school system. And they chose me for one of my poems. And I was a big poet when I was younger. And it was kind of a dark poem because as a ranch kid, we just, we see a lot of dark things early on. And I don't mean dark as in devastating, you know, whatever. But death, death is something that us ranch kids find out a lot about. And my grandfather had given me a horse for... Um, my birthday and my birthday is in July. Well, that Christmas Eve, our, our neighbor, long story short, hit my horse and two of our others on the road and killed them. And I had, I was 11 when that, or 10, I think when that happened. So I had, I processed a lot of emotions, younger age with writing. And I look back at some of those poems and I was like, oh my God, I'm, that was kind of a cry for help. I mean, people are probably like, whoa, I'm surprised she made it to adulthood with the way she was writing there. And they're not really out there. I haven't shared those, but that was how I processed grief. And that was how I processed my feelings. But that led to me writing for various magazines. I started my podcast in 2013. Um, I just kind of, um, I, of course, was a huge admirer for the pioneer woman, Reed Drummond, and I actually uh, know her, and I started a business where I created caps way back in the day called Cowgirl Swank, and that started in 2007, and I actually got to know Reed because she wears my cap still to this day on her TV show, mm-hmm. so I, I sold caps through, like, um, National Roper Supply, um, gosh, the Liska Murdoch's Ranch and Home, like, it, it just went on and on. We shipped uh, caps to Australia. It was so, wow. so much fun. But eventually that I was not making money at that. And my husband came home one day and he just said, you know, seven years in this, you're not making money. I know you're passionate about this, but you're actually costing our family money. And that was a hard conversation. And my writing, I don't make a lot of money writing. Like I have never written a book. It's on my to-do list. I do my podcast for free. I don't have ads on there. Like I'm sure I could be a lot smarter with that, but it just seems false to me for me. And I'm not saying anyone who does that is maybe, maybe I'm missing the boat. But uh, when he sold me that, I actually sold my business for a huge loss. And that was when the health and wellness industry found me. And people can say all they want to about that. What really gets under my skin is when people say uh, pyramid scheme, Mm. because honestly, everything in life is a pyramid. Like nobody is. Well, maybe there are rich people at the very top of it, but there's all a pyramid. Look at the beef industry. There's a pyramid. There's the packers, the producers, the purchasers, you know, like there is a whole thing with that. Same with the green market. So 
that really irritates me because that's just such a flippant thing to say to somebody who is a rancher. We have a ranch payment to make. I'm going to do just about anything possible, minus a few things, as you can imagine, <laughs> to make money. My husband always teases me. Well, you could go stand out on the county road. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work. I'm like, you could. <laughs> we joke about that. It's not going to happen. Like there's things that I would do. And then there's things I would not do. And I would never, um, you know, do anything to go against my integrity. Um, I am a Native American. And so that's the native cowgirl. Um, I'm very salt of the earth and I believe in rolling my sleeves up and doing the work. And I don't believe in selling something to somebody and then walking away. Like I'm here for the long haul. Um, that's the same with our horses. We raise horses based on five generations of our family raising horses. And we stand behind what we do. We do business on a handshake. That doesn't exist a whole lot anymore. Um, but that's, you know, what I write about and my photography and all of that, my podcast, which is on a standstill right now because I have so many irons in the fire. I don't owe anything to anybody. So people are like, well, when are you going to get back to doing this? I'm like, when I feel like it, because if it doesn't <laughs> feel right for me, I'm not going to do it. And I'm led by my heart a lot, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But I put my heart and soul into everything I do. And if it's not happening at that given moment, I can't make myself self do things. I'm not going to do that. If I feel passionate about something, that's where the focus is. And I mean, my family and my son, his education comes first, then my businesses, my clients that have trusted me, and then the rest kind of rolls on in. So that's very gratifying to be able to say that. I don't know anyone, anything, I'm going to do what's right for me. Yep, absolutely. It's the truth. (laughs) I I think that pyramid, pyramid schemes or companies that are set up in that way, get such a bad rap for what they are because so many people abuse it. I'm in marketing and I know you got, you do marketing services as well. Um, and I think that as well as an industry gets a bad rap a lot because of the sleazy things that so many people do to make a quick buck. And it's very frustrating when you do care about what you do and you are taking advantage of an opportunity to be part of something that you're really good at and you get people help and get people results. And then someone reduces it all to that. Right. Um, Yeah. That is very frustrating. It is. And it's, I mean, I, I uh, have my big girl pants on, let's just say that like I, after eight and a half years and I was in retail before this, when I left the ranch, I lived in Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Denver. Like I was in big box retail and I had eight stores under my wing. You know, I had to work my way up to that. So nobody starts at the top, um, but you, you learn about customer service and you learn about being real and authentic and, you know, like social media right now, um, there's people, like I said, I'm going to be 50. So there's these 20 year old and they're all using filters and they're all doing these things. And I just kind of, that's them. That's not me. That's not how I run my business. That's not how I live my life. Um, I'm not going to pretend like today it's a video, you and me. I don't have a stitch of makeup on my hair's in a ponytail. I, you know what I mean? Like we're just real people who are connecting, trying to help other people and being authentic and real the whole way through. And Hey, if what I'm doing isn't for you, that's great. There's a million other people out there that can help you with whatever, you know, but I'm all about hard work, determination, and breaking the glass ceiling for myself. I don't believe anybody is holding me down or anybody else down. I think that's a figment of our imagination as women. Like, I think that you can go out and do anything, become anything. You know, if you have enough of that, you know, grittiness to get through what you want in life, you will find a way. And there's women before us who have done it. So I just, I never want to make excuses or blame or complain. Um, The other thing is, as I said earlier, when you blame others, you give your power to them. 
You know, there is none of that. If it's to be, it's up to me. And that's how I have always lived my life. I don't pass it off on somebody else. If it's not working, then I just look at it. Like I said earlier, well, maybe my heart and soul isn't into this. You know, maybe I'm trying to do too many things. Maybe I'm trying to be too many things. And I don't have to put myself Cheyenne Wilson, writer or photographer, or I, I had a hard time the past couple of years. And I actually did just go through the worst two years of my life uh, physically, all of it. And then that's how I got this health coaching certification, how I went on this journey, because I literally almost died. I couldn't even swallow water. I had to have my esophagus opened. And that was from an extreme diet. So people doing that stuff, yikes, I feel for you, but don't do that. And the reality is, is when you kind of come to that crossroads, you realize, that, like I said earlier, I don't owe anybody anything. This is my life. I'm going to do what I need to do as each of us should living within a certain understanding. I mean, you can't like tell your husband to F off and go do your own thing. I'm not saying that like, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to cuss and be rude, but what I'm saying is like, we can all be, Oh, I'm a woman. Hear me roar. No, I'm a woman. I'm a powerful being, just like my husband is as a man, just like my son is as a man. We work together on the ranch to get things done. Nobody's, there's no hierarchy here. He's not the boss. I'm not the underling. It isn't that. It's that when we take it upon ourselves, like to have a true mission in life, it's whatever you're doing at that time. I don't have to label myself anything. Nobody does in reality. Like if you have a PhD in psychology and that's your thing, great. My husband is an attorney or my brother is an attorney. He went to eight years of school to do that. That's awesome. That's not me. I'm never going to have one label. I'm going to have me and then dot, 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 all these things. Cause that's, I'm passionate about so many things and it's a wonderful world where we can just do what each of us needs to do. Absolutely. Well, and I love it how you talk about empowering rural women. And I think that ties in really well with what you just said. Of We all may have lots of different labels over the seasons of our life. It doesn't have to be a stagnant thing. It can shift as we grow and we pour our passions into different things. Um, why is that such an important thing to you? I know it's, it's easy to see that it is in your writing and in your work that you do. But where did that kind of passion come from? I think it came from me um, that a long time ago. I was, I must've been on social media and I saw somebody say, I'm multifaceted. I'm a multifaceted entrepreneur. Hmm. And I was like, oh, dang, I like that because it's kind of like a diamond, right? Like a diamond is not just one hmm. flat surface. There's many. And sometimes the more surfaces, the greater it shines. Right. And yeah. so I started thinking about that and I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I'm not going to allow someone to just put me in a box. I'm not going to do that. But as I look back at rural women, especially pioneer women, because I love history. The older I've gotten, the more I've delved into that. And there's a woman um, that was in the area I grew up in. Her name was Evelyn Cameron. And she was a photographer back when we're not talking like you got your phone with you and you got a camera. Like I'm talking like she had to pack this 20 some pound camera around with her horseback while holding the fort down because her husband was off doing Lord knows what. Um, she actually like had eggs that she sold. She did other things to make money. And I started looking back at my own family and we raised horses, we raised cattle, we had crops, you know, like we did all these things. And doing multifaceted things is not a new concept. In fact, if you look back at the pioneers, they did multiple things to make it work for themselves. And so I thought, well, guess what? I'm no different than that. 
I don't have to just be a housewife or a ranch wife or any of those things. I'm just me. I, I'm, I'm me. I know a lot about raising cattle. I know a lot about raising horses. I know how to grow a garden. I'm learning how to can. I love to write. I love to take pictures. I love to help people on weight loss journeys or just a better health journey. Like, why can't we do all these things? And the one thing about being a ranch woman is that that one paycheck a year, things get mighty darn slim in between, you know, and we live on borrowed money as ranchers. Most ranchers do. We take out an operating note and then we have to make make a budget and stick to it through the year. But what about all these other things? If I want to go on a family vacation, the cows aren't paying for that. Like I had to figure out how to make money separately. And my husband does the same thing. He's over helping our rancher friend for wages. He's He's a rancher too, but he's earning wages. So that is where it all came from. And I wanted a bang for my buck. I didn't want to work my butt off for nothing at the end of the day, which is more or less what I was doing with that first business I had. So I had to learn. I also, as a ranch woman, didn't want to give my time away, my time freedom by working for someone else. I want to work for myself. I want to help people. I want to work from the middle of nowhere. And that's where the internet and social media has become such a blessing because we can sell more horses now than we ever did before. I can coach somebody who lives in Kansas or Canada or Australia for that matter, all because of social media, all because of the internet, Zoom meetings, whatever. And so my my opinion is, is that if you feel drawn towards something, I don't care if it's selling nail art or kitchen canisters, or wall art, or wine, or health supplements, it really doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says, because if your heart's in the right place, and you're just trying to help other people, and you're trying to help your family, with the bottom line, I would rather buy from my friends than some big box retail store any day. Like if my friend sell, and my future sister-in-law sells nail art, nail, um, what are they? I don't know, they press up on your nails. I can't yeah. say companies here, but you know what I mean? Um, I buy my skincare from a friend. You know, I buy my, buy my workout gear from a friend. I'm not going to some big box retail store to do that in most cases. And if my friend is posting about her business, I don't unfriend her. I don't block her. I just scroll on by if I don't need what she has, because I know what she's trying to do. And she's not trying to be a, you know, a salesy person. She's just trying to you know, help her family and help you out in the process. So there's that. <laughs> yes. I love the analogy of the multifaceted diamond. That is a very, very good analogy. I love that. Um, and I, it's, it calls out just how many different things we can do in our lives. I think that's a hundred percent true. Like you don't have to commit to one thing. You can have multiple passions. Right. Um, I love the, all the different opportunities that network marketing, whatever you want to call that, has given to rural women to help earn for their family and provide for their family. I mean, they get such a bad rap. But when you think about the opportunities that are there, that where else would you find that? Where else would that be possible for a woman right. to care for her kids and work from home in the middle of nowhere? It's it's amazing like that we can Absolutely. do that in our world today. And I think it's the same with social media. We think about all the negative things that go out on social media and how, you know, people can waste a lot of time there or all of these negative things we can associate with it. It's like, instead, why don't we look at all the opportunities it's created for people to live life the way that they want to live it and connect with people without the limitations of time and space. It's amazing. 
Right. It really is. And, you know, I, I have a very large team with, with my, you know, direct sales business that I have for health and wellness. And I, I have seen people in tears with, you know, we get paid every week. They can go to the grocery store and they don't have to walk. They don't have to be adding stuff. I I have women who said I've had to put stuff away because I couldn't afford to buy groceries. I have one gal that had $60 a week for her and her son to live on. How can you even, you know what I mean? Like, how can you do that? And so the financial freedom that that has provided, and not only that, like the better health, um, women that were bedridden that are now able to get on the the floor and play with their grandkids or their children or walk a mile without being winded. And so everything I do is very, very focused on other people. And you're right. It doesn't matter what you choose. You know, you want to obviously be wise about what company you're joining. Make sure to look at those things, you know, partner up with somebody who has similar background, similar interests as you do. Um, and that's that guy that just got under my skin on LinkedIn when he was like, how dare you do this? And I'm like, you know, I'm a ranch woman. I live in Montana. There's less people here in this entire state than there are in some cities. I'm just trying to do what I feel is best for me. And gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't care about your opinion, but I never asked for either, you know, so so go, go along. Um, But it's funny how we allow other people's opinions of us to make a dent. And it, it really doesn't. I just was a little bit rattled by that because I'm like, wow, there's still people out there that feel that way. And it's like, no, no, that is not what this is. So you just have to decide yourself what you want to do in this world. And it doesn't matter. Like maybe you want to go back to school and get your college degree at 60. Like, I don't know what your dream is, but why not? What's holding you back? You know, there is no can't. It's, you know, are you going to, you know, put in the work that is needed to achieve that? And you can do anything you set your mind to. Um, I do know that. And that's an empowering thing. My dad told me when I was just a little girl and I was the oldest of the family and a girl, not really raised like a boy, but kind of, you know, he raised me in the fact that there was no separation between the sexes. I can lift a sack of grain. I can go out and break a colt if I need to. I can halter break our weanlings. Like there, there really is no difference. Is it better to do it together? Yes, I believe it is. I believe layered leadership or layered partnership is the best way to get anything done in this world. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't make that first step towards whatever it is that you want to achieve in this world. You know, that's the great thing about America. We get, we have freedom of choice. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the story you shared too about like, um, I can't, what, what was her name? The photographer in your area? Oh, Evelyn Cameron. I was like, oh. wait a minute. There's so many, but yeah. yeah. So many. And I'll Evelyn tell you, Cameron. she did not. Yeah. Her marriage was not a wonderful thing. And she actually was a uh, aristocratic English. So mm-hmm. she came from money, like maids and everything, and then moved over here in the 1800s and lived in a in a shack. And I mean, when I, I've done a lot of research on her and there's more information coming out all the time, there's a whole bunch of her prints that have never been, you know, printed. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a tragedy. We need to, to raise money to do that because she was a phenomenal woman back when being a phenomenal woman was not a thing, you know, before mm-hmm. women could vote kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. The history of like the pioneer days and all of that is just so fascinating. And I, I love that you talk about keeping like the tradition of ranching and the ranch heritage alive, but you also talk about the evolving role of women and, I mean, and just of ranch and agriculture in our world. How, how do you make sense of the two? Because they sometimes seem like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Well, and I'm going to say something. I hope I don't offend your male listeners. <laughs> 
and it isn't a man versus woman thing, but um, I've always, I, I a long time ago, uh, somebody's like, yeah, I can do anything a man can do. And it's like, no, let's flip that around and say, geez, a man can't do everything a woman can do. And it's because of our genetics, you know, and our, the way our bodies are built, we can give birth. They can't, you know, like things like that. But the reality is, is why do we have to have that? Yeah headbutting anyway what difference does it make you know it does take a man to make a a child with a woman so let's say that but the reality is I don't feel there is a difference I think what a blessing it is that we today have the freedom as women to do whatever we want because remember it wasn't that long ago when women couldn't wear jeans publicly like you know if, if a woman was found doing X, Y, Z in Montana, they could be hanged by their husband, like legally, like there's some crazy things out there. So the reality is, is it isn't, you can't do something you're because of your sex or because of whatever you can do anything you want. So you just have to decide what that is. I know women farriers. I know women veterinarians. I know women truck drivers. Like I know all these kinds of things. And really the reality is, is do what makes you happy you know, and find a partner in life that can help you do that, that lifts you up for who you are and what you want to be doesn't tear you down because of those things. And I think that's important, um, you know, because there's, there's life is short, right? Like, I mean, I'm going to be 50 and I'm like, whoa, where, where did that, whoa, what happened? But I don't feel bad about being 50 and I have some wrinkles and I, I actually, I don't complain. I don't feel bad about it because there are other women who don't get this choice. They passed away before this age. And I'm like, I'm just blessed to be here each day. I wake up with gratitude. I get to breathe fresh air. I get to look outside and yeah, I'm seeing mud and snow right now, but it's a dis, you know, a, a constant reminder that right around the corner is green grass and rebirth. The earth is going to open up and give us all those blessings. And I get to plant seeds and see that whole thing come to life. And I get excited. Baby animals are going to be born. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. So I say, you know what, whatever you want to do in this world, figure out what it is and do it with 100% of yourself. Have no regrets. Don't leave anything on the table. You know, if you want to make a change in your life, then make the decision and make the change. You know, I always say people and I just say, yeah, one day I woke up and I was sick and tired of where I was at and I just decided to change. And I did. And people will be like, oh, well, it's not that simple. Yes, it is. Actually, you're making it too hard. You have to actually think and be something before you are actually that like that is how we are. Even as babies, as infants, we didn't learn how to walk and run right now. We had to learn how to crawl first, roll over before that. You know what I'm saying? So you can do anything you want. You just have to want it bad enough and you have to go after it and you you have to never quit. You can't give up. You don't ever fail at something until you completely stop and throw in the towel. Then you failed because you're not trying anymore. Hey, it's Lexi here, and I'm interrupting the show to tell you about a new option we have for marketing support for you. I've met so many people the past six months who are looking for DIY marketing support. And while I primarily offer marketing packages and website design in my marketing business, I'm excited to have something just for you DIYers too. So I know you need answers quickly to help you overcome tech challenges and get feedback on your marketing content when you have a spare minute to work on it. And you want to keep growing and learning how to make your marketing work in a way that makes sense for you. Here's what I've got for you. First, you can sign up for a free marketing toolkit, which includes social media post templates, email marketing outlines, video ideas, and a content planner and tracker. And to get tutorials and answers to those pressing questions, 
Sign up for our weekly marketing tutorials for just $10 a month, where we tackle your most frustrating challenges together. Or sign up for the marketing support line, where you get direct access via text message to ask all of your tech support and marketing advice questions. It's like having a marketing and tech support person in your back pocket. We solve website issues, social media challenges, and just give feedback on the content you're creating. You can find those options at LexiWrightConsulting.com slash social under marketing support. It's very inspiring. And I I think what you said about, you know, springtime on the farm and on the ranch and all of that beautiful new rebirth, like that's one of the traditions that so many people don't get to experience on mm-hmm. as, as part of ranch life. Um and there's a lot of things that are changing that, you know, like you said, your approach to how we think about what we can or can't do as women or as just a person in general. But what are some of those things that are part of the heritage and the culture of ranching that you think that are like really good to keep as they are? Are there things that you think should stay that way? Oh, yeah. You know, there's so many traditions out there. And, you know, there's the the thing is, is that with with social media and stuff, we're having a lot of people come into agriculture that don't understand, you know, they're like, how can you raise a calf knowing that it's going on to be food? I won't, you know, whatever, slaughtered, whatever they want to say. And the reality is, is that, you know, as ranchers, we care deeply for all living creatures in plant life, whatever. The reality is, though, is that we understand as human beings, the food chain and the way things work. And we care because we have compassion and empathy. We understand how that whole process works. But we also understand that God made animal protein for a reason, you know, so we're there for that whole process. I think that tradition is something that needs to stand because if we don't stand up for ourselves and our way of life, it's going to disappear. It's going to be nothing but a concrete jungle out there with, you know, government initiatives and we don't need that you know um the other thing is is like rolling your sleeves up and working doesn't matter your sex doesn't matter anything the well i don't know how or i can't or whatever and it's like you know that's not going to get you anywhere in life you got to be a can-do person and be willing to get your fingernails get dirt under there get your hands dirty like when you are that type of person you will never have a problem finding a job you will always be able to provide for yourself and your family. You know, there's there's jobs people can't find people to hire. And I'm like, what? Why? I don't understand this. You know, um, I think the relationship of men and women, married, whatnot, that work together on a ranch, there's a mutual respect there. You know, your children growing up, seeing your mom work side by side with your dad and vice versa. Um, and the woman running the machinery, the men out doing this and that, like the garden, everyone helps there. There's no sexism here on the ranch, not at our ranch. I mean, because I can do anything they can do and vice versa. If my husband has to figure out how to make a loaf of bread, he'll get it figured out. Like, you know, and I think that's what's great is that we have reversing roles here, that respect factor, um, no can't. Like, let's let's uh, be, you know, the people of America. Well, we built this country, people like us. We didn't get that far removed from it. And I think those are the traditions that need to stay alive. And we need to fight like heck to keep them because- you know, this is a long thing standing. It isn't just something that just came up, but we can use modern day tools to help ourselves remain healthy, bottom bottom line wise, to remain healthy as human beings, relationship wise, mental health wise. That's a big thing on the ranch with prices and mortgages and things like that. I mean, these are all things that we need to talk about as 
human beings in the world in the year 2023. Mental health was not something my parents talked about or even talk about to this day, but it's something that I talk about. It's something I visit with my son about, you know, like those are changing things, but good things as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, You talked a little bit about how the last couple of years have been really rough for you. Um, And you're such a positive person, like the amount of positivity you just injected into this conversation alone is like, it's, it's very apparent that that is who you are. But tell me a little bit about how you've pulled yourself out of those difficult times. And I know you mentioned that you guys moved during that. And that's always a very like uprooting part of life too, trying to figure out how that all works. Right. Right. Well, um, so it started badly with my health declining. Um, I went on a very strict keto thing, like I told you before, and it was supposed to be the answer, right? Well, I lost like 40 pounds and everything was great. I was on the top of my game and then I couldn't swallow water. Like my my body basically revolted against itself. And that was very hard for me to understand, but it gave me a very keen insight to allergies because before that time I was pretty untouchable. Like I could pretty much do anything and I wasn't affected by much. So I took a horrible mental blow because of that. Like here I was trying to help myself and this is what happened. But along with that, um, I also um, had repressed a bunch of memories from childhood. So I have some trauma from way back that kind of came to the forefront and I had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a very um, hard part of life. And with the allergies, we were, um, I was in Montana. My husband was in South Dakota. I was back and forth. So I didn't have his constant support. My son was either with me or with our husband or with my husband, with his dad, like back and forth. So it was a year, a couple of years of constant change and nothing being the same. And then with that, I had to take steroids and gain like 60 pounds overnight. Like it literally was like ridiculous. And so I was very mentally beaten down, but to the outside world, I kept this positive facade going on, but uh, that is who I am as a person. I try to see not the glasses half full, but like, I'm just glad to have a glass with anything in it at all. Like, you know, like I'm glad about this. The world was falling apart, the pandemic, the psycho crazy, whatever that was that happened. Like what, what world are we living in? I felt like I was watching an episode of like war of the worlds. Like this was crazy to me. Um, and I kind of just put my head in the sand. Like that's how I dealt with it because I don't even watch the news anymore. I don't need any more bad news. I'm going to create my own reality of the world. And so be it. Um, and then of course, uh, with the cattle market and, you know, there's a lot of things as ranchers we deal with, and it's a bunch of BS, quite frankly, you know, all the stuff, the middleman, and we're barely making more than we did 20 years ago per calf, like there's just so much. So with that being said, um, we were ranching on the Indian reservation. And I also had my fill of that whole government thing. I just, I'd had enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of my Native American heritage. I'm not proud of where the tribes are at with the way they're handling things. And that's probably the most I've ever said about it. But once in a while, I'll have somebody come on my native cowgirl page and they're like, are you even really native? Sure am. I'm an enrolled member. I didn't live on the reservation being born, but I am proud to be Native American. I'm not really proud of where things have gone. But with that being said, I'm not really proud of our government with the way things have been going either. So I'm not going to go into that. (laughs) But what I will say is that I really had to have kind of a come to Jesus meeting with myself and be like, that's what I, that's what I said earlier. I am going to create my own reality. I am going to get myself well. I am going to change the narrative here and we are going to sell our cows 
and we are going to do something scary and we're going to move to Montana. And with the whole drought and everything down there, we have four years to decide what we want to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, we paid off our notes and you're looking at this little sum of money you have left and you're like, how is this even right? How can this even be real? You know, we're, we're growing food to feed America and we can barely feed ourselves. Like, you know, so there's a whole thing there that I had to go through. And right now we have our half draft herd that we're raising. Um, we have Percheron studs that we cross on quarter horse mares. And then I also have a gypsy vanner stud that we, you know, great trail riding horses, ranch horses. I have a lot of women clients and that really makes me happy um, because these, these horses are just so docile and so willing to do whatever. And they're really a great partner. They're not these wild and crazy crazy, you know, I don't want to say Mustangs, but that's kind of, you know, the, the whole rank, you know, whatever, um, right. being broken kind of thing. That's not how these are. And so that's really a fun thing. And then, you know, being able to live on the ranch that my husband's family homesteaded and grew up on, that's really exciting too. And my family um, doesn't live on theirs anymore, but it's not that far away. So I can go see that anytime I want, but you know, that's basically where I was at. And I really had to have that meeting and be like, all right, this is not how I'm going to live the rest of my life. I'm going to be 50 in July and I'm going to make some positive changes here and I'm going to get myself healthy again. And it's been two years in the works. Um, my, you know, the 60 pounds I've lost, I've lost uh, 50 of that in the last five months, you know, so you can change your reality. You just have to get some positive tools on board, surround yourself with some positive people. I always say you can't fly with the Eagles if you hang out with a bunch of turkeys, you know, so you got to. <laughs> You got to kind of assess your tribe, assess who's close to you. And just because they're related by blood doesn't mean that you have to, you know, be there all the time. You kind of have to, you know, surround yourself with that positivity and people who are going to lift you up and people who are going to challenge you to be a better version of yourself. And that's what I've done. And so now life is better than it's ever been. And I'm just grateful and blessed to be where I'm at. That's amazing. Um, I think a couple of things that was I could have you come back and talk about just that on a whole nother podcast episode. But I think a couple of things you said there of you had to create your own reality. So many of us, that's the point where we're at. Like we cannot continue to look at the joke of what all is going on around us because it's just yeah. keeping us in a constant state of what is happening. Like we have to take that step back and say, this is what's happening for me before we can even get to that healthy place and then be able to tackle the problems that are going on in our industry. Like if we can't take care of ourselves, we're never going to get even close to touching those other issues. But right. Right. And what we do today affects our children, bottom line, you know, and if we don't stand up for something, we'll fall for anything. That's an old country song, but it's very, very, very true. And so I'm doing my part by helping my son understand, you know, what hard work looks like and how to have pride and joy with that. Not to think that that's a bad thing. Like it's a good yeah. thing to work hard every day and fall into your bed and just pass out because you're so tired, you know, with dirt on under your collar, like though, that's what this country was founded on. And so that is my role as a parent. And I think each of us can, whether you live in a, a city or not, like I see so many entitled people in the world today. And it's like, how did we get here? And I think it's because our generational, you know, um, parenthood somehow skipped a, you know, it became a bad thing to, you know, reprimand or discipline your children. And I'm not saying like, you know, spankings and whatnot. I'm not saying that. It's just that we had to draw a line somewhere and that line got very blurred along the way. And so, you know, like men who tip their hat to ladies or my husband will run out of his way to open a door for a lady doesn't matter if she's elderly or younger or whatever. And I've had women look at him and go ah, like, 
geez, I can open the door. And you guys, that's not the point. The point is, is that chivalry needs a comeback. Like we do need that because as women, and I say that we're equals, but yes, isn't it nice as a lady to have that? I appreciate my husband for that. Now he doesn't look at me and go, oh, I know you're just this dainty little thing and you can't lift a hay bale, but you know, no, he's like, I'm sorry, we got to go lift hay bales today. I'm like, that's all right. I'll just count it as my steps today and I'll, yeah. I'll get it done. Like it's a, it's a pride thing. I love to work hard. I grew up that way. I was not babied or gingered along. Like my dad's like, Hey, you're eating food at this table. You're going to help put it on there. Like that's the way we, we roll. And I just, um, I think we all have an opportunity to do better, better as individuals, better as community members, better as citizens of this country. Like we can do better, better for ourselves. Yeah. And when we start holding ourselves to that higher accountability, I think all kinds of good things would come out of that from every angle. Absolutely. And you're completely right of doing what you can do in your own home and household to teach your son the things that you think are going to help him do his part in the future. That's, I think he like thinking about the number of kids and even adults who have never gotten to experience that feeling of hard work because it was just, it wasn't part of their culture. It wasn't part of how they grew up and how their job and life function now. Like, gosh, I don't know what I would do if I hadn't experienced that in my life. It's such a good feeling and it's a hard feeling sometimes, but man, it's very fulfilling to have that experience. So I think bringing that back to our society and however it makes sense for someone's family, regardless of where you live is about the only thing that's going to keep us moving in the right direction. But I agree completely. Yes. Well, you've shared so much wisdom and so much positivity today with our listeners. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I think I could probably ask you about 50 different questions. <laughs> well, I'll just tell people if they want to, yeah, if they want to follow me, they can. I'm on Instagram. I mean, I'm on all the things, right? But I'm on Instagram and Facebook primarily. The Native Cowgirl, you can find me there. Um, if they're looking at horses or whatnot, we are the Lazy 6-9 Ranch. And that's all spelled out. I, I've had some really funny things because if you look at our brand, it's a lazy six over a nine but you know my husband's a brand inspector and so we get all kinds of he gets all <laughs> kinds of quirky friend requests if you understand what I'm saying women that I'm are very sure. scared bad, but um so it's all spelled out lazy six a nine ranch and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook um but yeah and I mean if someone's looking to make a positive change in their life I'm out there so you can connect with me and I'd, I'd love to visit with your listeners and maybe even have you on my podcast sometime when I get back to doing that I'll, I'll add you to my list well, thank you so much. And yes, and thank, thank you for so having much. me. I've enjoyed Absolutely. it very much. Yeah, thanks for all the positivity. And I hope everyone does check you out. I mean, even if to work with you or not, the positivity you share is a positive change that you can make in your life with really just the click of a follow button. So yeah. <laughs> thank you right. so much for being here, Cheyenne. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Lexi. I appreciate it. Do you know someone building their ag legacy or with stories of yesteryear on the farm that need to be shared? Please let us know or help them apply to be a guest on the show at farmingonpurpose.com guest. If you've enjoyed spending time with us today, please take a moment to review the show on Apple Podcasts or give us a share on social media. You can follow the host of Farming on Purpose, Lexi, at, at Farming on Purpose on all social media. And let us know what topics you want to hear more about.